Hello and welcome to the Hockey Hurts Podcast for October 12th of 2014. I'm Ryan Wilson. I'm Cameron Walsh. And hockey is back. It's great. Um, lots of action. We're actually recording this on Saturday night where we have a 15-game slate. Uh, most of the Eastern Conference or Eastern Time Zone games are starting to wind down right now. But um, so much to talk about. Um and we'll get to as many kind of angles and teams as possible. But um, one, of, one of the bigger things that I think has happened so far this season is, is how the Penguins have gotten out of the gate. Uh, new coach, a lot of turnover, new GM, uh, a lot of people making fun of their uh, GM and coaching search. And so far, uh, the joke is on the critics. They look great. That being said, though, they did deserve to cop a bit of flack in regards to how the GM and the coaching search went about. It wasn't particularly pretty, but as you said, so far, um, the the on-ice product seems to have, have turned itself around. As a Penguins fan, it's so much more fun to watch. I think that's the big thing for me. Stanley Cup, playoffs, whatever, however far this team goes, I'm going to enjoy watching this season more than I have the last couple. I can tell that already. You know what the funny thing is? A lot of people around the league have always considered the Penguins one of the better watches in the league just because they have the good players. Yeah. The funny part is they've been playing boring, for the talent they have, boring hockey the last few years. Um, I think Dan Bilesma had a, had a good way of getting the most out of the you know, lower-end players. And at yeah. the same time, that capped the ceiling of the high-end players. And this is just the complete opposite. It's low-end players, get it in gear. We're playing this way, either keep up or not. And the high-end players got to be loving life. They they scored 11 goals in their first two games, and they look great doing it. One of the things that's been noticeable for me has been the bottom six lines being able to actually trap the puck in the other team's offensive zone and then the timing of the line changes that they do in that Crosby has come on absolutely flying with the two wingers, well, the two forwards that are left on the ice of the fourth line holding the puck in. And then he just wreaks havoc because he's fresh out there. The whole defensive five that are on the ice for the other team are knackered and it's worked out brilliantly at the moment. I mean, teams will get on to, to what Pittsburgh are doing and they'll find ways to to minimise the, the brilliance of this stuff at the moment but you can really see that, that Mike Johnson's trying to put his best players in the best position to get the most out of them and so far it's certainly worked. Yeah, in game one he double shifted Crosby right out of the gate and somebody asked him, Well, why'd you do that? And he's like, Well, I just wanted to see how they reacted to it. I wanted to see what they wanted to do with that matchup. Hey, somebody that cares about matchups. Yeah. So it does help. Um just so much has changed. Just the Penguins used to just do the chip and chase garbage. And despite having that game plan Crosby and Malkin would still do their special things now it's keep the puck at all costs if we have to regroup so be it time and space with speed through the neutral zone um it's it's going to be pretty good for them and and they're not even icing their best lineup right now and you can you can see 
a couple of the old habits in some of the players. Well, I wouldn't even call it old habits. Not trying to dob this particular player in, but when the puck gets to Scuderi's stick and he doesn't have the first option that he wants and he just rims it around the other side, all like it, the, he was the direct reason for the Jeffrey Lupul goal, I think, in regards to he flipped it around without even looking. Um, I can't remember who the Toronto D was that, that got it, um, but flipped it in, and that was a great shot by Lupul to get to get that power play goal. But there are things like they've given up what is it five power play goals in two games? Yes. Yeah, so that's fixable though. That's a systemic thing. They'll be able to put the right people in the right spots <laughs> and work on what they're doing there. So that's fixable. Yeah, it's fixable. Yeah. Stop playing Rob Scuderi five minutes a game on the penalty kill. That might have. Oh, the thing that's hilarious about that is the second power play goal that the Maple Leafs scored, Paul Martin got played way out of position because he was on the ice for almost the entire penalty kill, and it's because Craig Adams didn't clear the puck when he could have. Ah, so another Martin, one of those PK specialists, by the way. Yeah, so Martin got hung out to dry, and you could see he was trying to get back to be on the inside of the player, but he, he had no legs, couldn't do it, and there was no way that Fleury was going to get across to, to that backdoor play. But you can see that it is the – when things seem to go terribly wrong with decision-making on this team, it's the same – it's the same players, so it'll be interesting to see what the coaching staff do in regards to sitting some of these guys because, you know, Scuderi and Adams are respected veterans of this side, so the coaching staff's going to have to hold them to account and sit them. Well, they just brought Scott Harrington back up. I assume it's not to sit him all the time. I think that may happen. But they need to make sure it's not the spray that sits. It's. I don't think that Scuderi. will be the case. I mean, all in all, I'm absolutely ecstatic with how how the team's playing. I mean, they've only given up one even-strength goal, and that's because Fleury basically put it in his own net. Um, (laughs) That's brutal. I saw that and laughed. That's all you can do. Um, But he's looked good, even-strength. Look, he's looked reasonably good in the two games so far. Um, Unfortunately, I still don't think he's going to be the starting goalie come first game of the playoffs. So... That just is what it is, but we'll we'll see what happens. Oh, he's been good. I can I have no problem saying he's been good. The thing is, I think another guy could also be good with how they're playing in front of him. Correct. So totally agree. <laughs> so it just goes back to that value thing. Like yeah, you know, and the other argument you get with goalies when people are trying to defend a certain goalie, well, he didn't have a chance on that one. Well, yeah, that's exactly the point. Pay the cheaper guy. If they're not going to have a chance on most of these goals anyways, pay the cheaper guy. Yeah. Actually, I've never thought of it, though. That's a really good way to put it. You know what I mean? Like some, There are a lot of goals in yeah. hockey where it doesn't matter who who the goalie is. They're going. It's going in the net. Well, yeah. why not pay the cheapest guy to let it go in the net? But yeah, wacky I don't want to go off on a thing because outside of Flurry's little um, – mishap there he's been fine at even strength and and penalty kill save percentage is a volatile thing it goes really up and down year to year last year flurry was awesome on his shorthanded uh penalty kill save percentage but you know even if henrik lundquist who's considered the most consistent best goalie yes yeah his shorthanded save percentage is 
up and down year to year. His even strength save percentage is rock solid every year. So um, I would say the PK stuff is luck a lot of times. So that's it's not a good gauge of um, judging a goaltender's ability. So I'm not going to beat him up for giving up power play goals so much, but, um, you know, we're two games in. We'll see. <laughs> Well, that's it's going to be the exciting thing. I mean, the next time we get to go and do one of these, teams should be f- five or six games into their into their season, and it'll be interesting to see if there's any trends that are starting to to play out with some of these teams. I mean, you know, Carolina are terrible. We've got no one on their roster that you can sort of they put tweeted on the, out their lineup the tonight. What a dumpster fire! Who wants to buy a ticket to that? Looked like a preseason yeah. lineup. But, and it's tough. I mean, you know, two injuries to two key players. I mean, Skinner may not get back on the ice. Um, Stall won't get back on until well after the the new year. So it's it sucks to be a Carolina fan at the moment. I mean, it's it's just it one of though? those things. I mean, the one does it though. Well, the benefit. Of, yeah, well, that's uh, what I'm about to say. If they tank, baby, and they get yeah, I know Eichel or McDavid, it it doesn't suck. It's awesome, actually. <laughs> <laughs> you could be the Leafs so, in this weird gray area, you know? Yeah, well, that's that's true. If you're going to be bad, and, and really, they're bad out of their own control. I mean, if they had Skinner and Stall in the lineup, they'd be in that murky Leaf area. So nah, having they would be out, a playoff team, though. They're they're almost it's almost a blessing in disguise that Stall went out. Yeah, I agree. But well. We'll move on from the Penguins, but Sid has six points in in two games. Just just want to say that. Yeah, he looks pretty pretty damn good. Barring barring injury, and you've got to say that with with Crosby, unfortunately. Well, last year um, he played the whole year. I reckon one hundred and twenty, easy. I do think he has a crack at one twenty is his career high. And I think he has a chance at it. Um, I can't see why he can't score. His right, his right winger looks pretty darn good, huh? Yeah, it just shows you what happens when you're given a new lease of life and you've got the reins taken off the way you play. Like he looks amazing. So, obviously, we're right. talking Patrick Hornquist, who goes from Nashville with Barry Trotz, Mike Fisher, and David <laughs> Legwand as the trio of uh, people that he's working with to Mike Johnston, Sidney Crosby, Chris Kunitz, man, what a, what a um, game changer for him. And, and he's got to be just absolutely loving it. And you know what? It shows in his play. He's everywhere. He's shooting the puck from anywhere, which is fine. Um, He works his, his tail off. He, he's going to be a great fit for, for the Penguins. It's it's really funny because when we got to see them in what one preseason game that particular line put together and one of my issues with that was that it's like Kunitz and Hornquist are too similar they want to go to the same spots on the ice well they've stopped running into each other now I mean they're smart enough players to work out who goes where and, and does what and it works I mean they haven't looked like they've sort of crossed their wires at all in the two regular season games so far so. In theory, it can only get better, I suppose. Yeah, well, 
it'll be interesting to to track the penguins and and kind of how they evolve throughout the year will teams adjust to uh the mike johnston way that he has them playing and the the thing with the penguins is they're going to make some trades they're going to get better bo bennett is going to come back they have extra defense prospects and and they they can swing a deal they even get better so It'll be fun to watch moving forward to see what they do. There's plenty of options there for them, so it's really, really good in that aspect. So they're they're lucky. Well, where would you like to go from here? Um, I suppose injuries, really. Um, You can sort of see how teams can get chopped off at the knees, I suppose, in regards to... You know, I mean, I really feel for Calgary in regards to Sam Bennett. You know that that shoulder surgery is going to be a, it's going to be hell. I don't think they should even bother trying to get him to come back and play again this year. Just can they send him back to junior or whatever, or does he have to stay up? I believe they could put him back. I would do that. I wouldn't bother bringing him back and trying to get him to play against men. I'd just send him back and let him dominate at a at a lower level. It's just, it's unfortunate. I think that's what um, they'll do. Yeah. I mean, you know, the Blue Jackets have got some key players on the ice, yet they're off the ice, yet they're still winning. We've still got Pavel out with that dodgy shoulder. Detroit still managing to be Detroit and, and keep winning. Um, the big one for me is probably Derek Stefan and Dan Boyle for the Rangers. That's, that's a tough yeah, duo we, to lose for them. It is. I mean, everyone sort of says Dan Boyle's on the downhill swing of his career, and he probably is, but he's still an extremely good extremely good hockey player. You always sort of complain about how much he's getting paid, I suppose, against what his output will be. But um, you're losing him for four to six with a busted hand, and and then, you know, Derek Stepan, the busted leg, you sort of get there with it and go... How's he going to go getting back on the ice and how long is it going to take him to get back to game speed to what you expect Derek Stepan to be? So hopefully the Rangers can can at least be a 500 club until they get both of those guys back. And then I think the sky's the limit, but it's a tough gig. Well, they have the right goalie to carry them through it. Sure, that's that's probably the one thing that's really in their favour is he can carry that team. I mean, he did it for years, so he can certainly do it. And then there's poor old Evander Kane. Yeah, a little bit of good news there, though. Only only two weeks, from what I understand. Yeah, it's just you, they can't afford two weeks though, because they're not a very good team, and they're playing in the wrong division yeah. to not be a good team, as we kind of broke down in our central preview. Yeah, it's a tough, it's a tough spot to be in. You know, I mean. You, because of the salary cap, any team that loses their best player is going to have issues. And Kane is by far and away their, their best player and most important player. So that's that's tough for the Jets, who probably for the... They've got Paul Maurice as their coach, haven't they? Yes. Yeah. Um, it's it's sort of tough. I mean, he, he, needs all, he needs all cylinders on the go to work, so... Be interesting to see whether it happens or not. Yeah, it's tough. I mean, 
Yeah, maybe maybe they'll be in the mix for McDavid too. We'll see. Everyone wants to tank for McDavid Eichel. <laughs> if you're in that gray area, I highly su- suggest it. And it's not just those two guys. There'll be other good guys up there. Yeah, it sounds like it's going to be a reasonably deep draft, so it's not like you, you are gunning just for the top two and then everything else is a, is a waste. Actually, what, speaking of, of high draft picks, what the hell is going on with Larson in New Jersey? Larson? Yeah. Eh. The, the, the health scratched him. Oh, this year? Yeah. Oh. First two games, he hasn't played. He's healthy. Oh, well. He seems to be coming along slow, I guess. Yeah, but for a guy that was a number four draft pick, um, and from what I've sort of read around in regards to um, articles and then obviously blog sites and stuff like that as well, um, a lot of New Jersey fans are baffled. They can't work out why he's not being given the opportunity to play. And if, if the coaching staff don't believe in his talents or what he's offering, trade him, get something back because right now the poor guy's just filling out a roster slot that they could be using elsewhere. I mean, he's only got a $900,000 contract this year Um, and he chose to stay in New Jersey rather than um, sign somewhere else because he could have. And they're just, they're not using him. So it's it's a little bizarre for me. I don't want to say they whiffed on the draft pick because it's it's a little bit early to kind of make that kind of strong it feels as though they but when you when you draft fourth overall and you know Dougie Hamilton gets drafted after him for example um, you know almost feels like almost feels like they feel they've whiffed like it's almost like the management and the coaching staff have given up on him already but you got as to, opposed to yeah, gets just yeah, guys like Sabina Jad that that were drafted almost right behind him. Yeah, this this first round wasn't a terrific first round. I'm looking at it right now, so I can't really. Dougie Hamilton is probably the the noteworthy guy they could have taken, but. Other than Ryan Strom, Mika Zabinajad, Mark Shifley, Sean Couturier. Oh, Jonas Broden of the yeah, Wild. Nothing. Oh, okay. There you go. But that's pretty much it for the whole entire first round. Yeah. That's here the Penguins took like Joe Morrow. Wow, well, yeah, that was... Where's he now? <laughs> so, yeah, I get your point. Wasn't exactly what you'd call a, a, a talent-laden draft with uh, professional results. Even the first pick, Nugent Hopkins. That's okay. It's not. It's not what you want when you're sitting at one overall. Some teams just get unlucky with when they're bad. That's the reality. You know, you've got to be bad when there's. Um, Franchise changes, and you know, there's a couple coming out this year. So, leave the saying it's better to be lucky than good. Yes, very true. So, any team particularly you want to have a want to have a chat about? 
a team. Yeah, anything anything else around the league with teams specifically that are perking your interest? The fact that Colorado seemed to run back down to the baseline level of their stats. Uh... Well, I um, I can't I can't say I'm too too surprised by that. No, but we'll see what happens ten games in. We're, so we're two games in, so it's tough to say. Yeah. Oh my! Yeah. But um, I wouldn't be surprised to see that trend continue, even though they do have some real special players on that team. But you know, so are you are you suggesting their possession numbers are a result of the way Patrick Wire has them playing, or they're just not deep enough at particular positions, and that's why they seem to be on the negative side of possession all the time? Could be a combination of both, but they certainly don't have enough quality defensemen feeding those forwards, and their bottom six forward group is okay. It's not good, so. Yep. Um, top six forwards, very good. Goaltending, very good. Everything else, not very good. Yep. And that's what's killing them for the statistical side of things. So it'll be, it will be interesting to see. They'd be a really good case in point because there are a lot of um, advanced stats guys that were all over the avalanche expecting them to fall apart last year, and they never really did until they got to the playoffs. Um, so it'll be interesting to see whether the expected regression happens or whether they manage to do it again. Well, the um, Hockey Prospectus book is out now, and I, I did do the Colorado chapter and the essay for Colorado, and I, I, I go into detail on just the hows and whys of what kind of regression we should expect this year. So, um, But we'll later on I'll, we'll tell you how to get that book. So. <laughs> Self-promote. Yeah. yeah. Um, I guess one of the other teams is the Sharks. A lot of people wrote them off. Um, kind of a little bit. They had a, a little bit of a rocky offseason, much like the Penguins, but the end result was not bad. Thornton and Marlowe didn't go anywhere, so they're still on the team. Hey, guess what? They're still pretty good. Yeah. So yeah, they'll, still be, they'll still make the playoffs, and you get them in there. They might get the bounces that they need to, to go through or have a healthy roster. Their only problem is they, they signed Mike Brown and John Scott when that could be signing Lee Stepniak and Blake Como or something like that. Yeah. You know what I mean? Two guys that can yep. play very cheap, and they sign two guys that can't play a lick. And it just doesn't make sense to me. But yep. early in the year, they can make moves still um so we'll see we'll see how it works It'll be interesting to see how it happens um i think one of the other storylines that's piqued my interest at least is uh the chris pronger joining the uh department of player safety for the nhl well you're not the only person it sort of blew blew twitter up i'll tell you that um yeah this this doesn't make sense on a lot of different fronts um what's what's the most on the nose part for you you're hiring a guy to do a job but before he gets to do the job there are already parameters in place limiting what he can and can't do because of prior connections within 
the same league. Like he won't be ruling on the Flyers. Well, no, maybe don't hire him then. Maybe hire somebody that can rule on all 30 teams. Because it's it's funny. One of the arguments that I saw listed on Twitter was, fine, don't don't rule on the Flyers. How about you don't rule on the entire Metropolitan Division anyway? Because why are you hiring him then? Why not hire a guy that can yep, rule on the Metropolitan and the Flyers and the whole entire league? Like as if he's the yep. only candidate for this. No, that's exactly right. <laughs> I like Chris Pronger. I know I, a lot of people don't. I, I you know, I, I grew up when the hitting and all that uh, concussion knowledge wasn't very good. <laughs> I don't know if I like him as much with the knowledge I have, you know. Yeah, yeah. But but it was a different time. We, it, you know what I mean? Yeah. No, no. Look, the game's changed. The game's moved on. Even even before he's gone through the issues he's gone through, he was changing the way he played as the rules changed and the expectations changed. So it would have been fun to have got to watch him go through those changes and how he modifies his game, to be honest. So this isn't me hating on him per se. It's It just doesn't make sense. Yeah, no, and I agree. The other big issue I have is is he retired or isn't he retired because how can he be accepting another job in the league when he still has a job with the flyers technically well if he's an actively rostered player he shouldn't be able to make any decisions in regards to stuff like this so you're right and, he has and to the retired and, and then the cap thing with the flyers that's i think the, the big issue a lot of people are having problems with i have a huge issue with that the Flyers, you know, they're on the hook for $4.9 million if he retires. Well, yeah. if you want the job, you can't, you can't, you can't double dip here. Well, apparently you can. Yeah, the funny thing is the Flyers asked the NHL to change the rule so that players like Pronger that are, and, and Mark Savard for that matter, that clearly are done they can get their cap hits off the book. And the NHL told them no. They won't change the rule, but they got no problem ignoring the rule they currently have. Yeah, it's a little that's a little baffling. I don't I don't entirely get how that works. And we haven't even touched on the fact of the job that he would potentially do giving his background as a player. That's almost yeah. secondary to all this. <laughs> And that's what makes it even more amazing. Yeah. There's so much wrong with this hire. It just... Such an NHL thing to do. You're baffled. You can tell. You can hear it in your voice. It doesn't make a lot of sense to me either. To be honest, it's, it's a little bit like what the hell's going on. I don't... I don't get it. I don't know why the NHL sort of wants to put itself in this situation where you can have someone look like they're on a um, a conflict of interest. It doesn't doesn't seem to benefit anyone. Him him either. Pronger either. Yeah. It's a lose lose. Silly. 
And then, of course, does it really matter? Because uh, the Gudis hit, um, which which you covered on the website, you, you didn't even get a hearing. No, no. <laughs> what? Well, you, I get I get why they get there and they've basically blamed Upshaw for having his head down. So it's open season on any player that's got their head down. That's basically the precedence they've set. If they want to be consistent through the entire year, any player that turns and skates up the ice with their head down, go for it. Whether it's a clean hit or whether it's an elbow to the head, which Gudis did use, go for it. doesn't matter. The precedent's already been set. Yeah. That's the problem I have with that hit. No, Upshaw having his head down has the consequence of being um, susceptible for the puck being taken away, being hit clean, Having your head down is an open season to just destroy someone, blast them in the head. Well, unfortunately, that's what they've said's okay. Well, just to go on the record, happened. you, you and your system have it quite not that. No, it's I've got it listed as eleven games, and I think and I that's what it should be. And I have to admit, I didn't give Gudis enough credit. I rewatched it before we did this podcast, and he did actually get the puck before he got Upshaw. So I give Gudis credit where credit should. Whether he meant to get the puck when he changed the stick position, I don't know. When he was lining up for the hit, but the puck was gone. There was no need for Gudis to try and wipe him out. Just a straight body check. If Gudis really wanted to keep the puck in the zone, how about you bend your knees back? a little lower and cream him in the chest? Yeah, exactly. And, and flatten him out that way. I mean, he's he's got no need to think he has to change his behavior there because, well, the league didn't think there was a problem with it, so we can just repeat that action. It's the, it's the thing. If the league wants to – if the league's really okay with that hit, that hit should have been in the highlights package that they show when they cut it up. For You know, when you've, you've, fin- you've finished each game and you go, oh, I want to go see the, the quick highlights? Mm-hmm. Didn't see that hit in the highlights package. If they, if they still want to show the physicality of this sport and they think that hits clean, that should have been in the package, and it wasn't. Well, they haven't done their discipline right for a while, so... It was only improved with Shanahan, though. At first That's, it was, but... Yeah, but I, but I mean, at least there was some consistency in place in regards to what's going on. It's the one negative of this particular position. It's like... Ex-players are using it as a as a way to get into an executive role at clubs. So it's always going to have a transient head. There's going to be no one person ruling on it. And I still don't understand why that has to be ex-players. I don't think that gives you any benefit whatsoever in regards to making the ruling better or worse. No, you need a rubric. You, you need a what? What? A rubric. Yes. You know, yeah, like, you know, like our site does. Something that's objective and pretty stone cold, not very open to interpretation. No, and you can see you can see the consequences there. It might be my interpretation of what happened might be different, but you can see where the numbers come from to come up with the numbers. And then you can go in and get a different set of eyes to look at it with a different interpretation. They put their numbers in it, it comes up, there you go. That's how many games. But at least you can see where it's come from. At the moment, it's just it's just a little baffling. It's it's frustrating. This hits like this in this 
next five years are going to be the reason the NHL end up with a lawsuit and will lose it. They're going to have a lawsuit. Yeah, yeah, but it's going to be, there's been no change of behavior. The league's done nothing in regards to trying to change behavior in the last five years. I don't, know, I don't know how they're going to win a lawsuit with fighting in the game anyways. Hey, we don't allow uh, body checks and elbows to the head, but hey, by all means, punch each other in the head. Yeah, but that's two people willingly going at it, though. Not all the time. It's, yeah, I know, and that's where it starts to become murky, and I get that. It's just with this body checking and stuff like that, the the, the league can change player behavior. But it has to be, it has to be um, punitive measurements because they're not just going to do it out of their own, their own goodness of heart. They have to be punished for getting it wrong, and that's when their behaviour will change. And the NHL is not bothering with it at the moment, so we'll watch what happens through the year. We'll see. Not going to hold my breath. <laughs> no, neither am I. Anything else? Um. No, I think that's it. It's just it was good to good to get a podcast in on the first weekend of the first weekend of the season. So it'll be um, it's good that it's back. Let's put it that way. Yes, very very good to be back, and you know, makes makes things a lot easier. Summertime topics, <laughs> you really struggle for them sometimes. So yes, you do. Well, I guess if that's it, promotion time. Um, find me on Twitter at Gunner Stahl. Find Cameron at Walshy66. Find Hockey Hurts at Hockey underscore Hurts. Um, find me at HockeyBuzz.com and HockeyHurts.com. Um, the Hockey Prospectus book is out. Um, please go to hockeyperspectus.com. There's a tab up near the top for the 2014-2015 Hockey Prospectus book. Um, right now, the PDF file, um, I think it's like 15 bucks. Uh, the the digital um, way of getting it. That that's the only one available right now. But the paperback. Um, should be coming out shortly and i think you can get that on amazon so that should come out within the next week so um great book i'm biased i'm a i I contributed to it but um yeah there's there's just a ton of of good people um adam gretz did uh, a ton of chapters as did matthew collar rob volman who wrote the hockey abstract books he's he's a part of it timo seppa Ryan Wagman, um, just off the top of my head. Good list. Good list of names. Yeah. Um, So if you're into that advanced stat stuff and you you like highbrow hockey analysis, the book is now out. Go get it. Um, And last but not least, if you visit HockeyHurts.com, you shop on Amazon, you like our material and you'd like to support us but not actually give us any money yourself, click on the Amazon banner. And if you buy anything on Amazon, they give us a kickback. It won't cost you anything extra, but you'll help us all the same. So That'll be great, guys. So, All right. Well, you'll see us soon enough or hear us soon enough with uh, 
with the season in play. So I guess that does it. Till next time. Catch up. <laughs>